Hi, friend. Hi, friend. I'm Michael Cassidy. And I'm Laura Holloway. And this is the Actors Helpline. Um, so my, my girlfriends and I, um, who you met when you were here, I think. Totally. I was just about to say my best friends. You mean my best friends? Yeah. Yeah, Your best friends. Um, But also I, we won't talk about who we won't name names, but some of them I want to be my girlfriend also. Actually, every single one of them I met, I want to be my girlfriend. Wow. Okay. Um, you do know that people are going to hear this, right? Does that derail your story in any way? Me saying that I want to have a extramarital affair with your friends? Um, I don't know. Maybe if you explain it a third way, then I, (laughs) (laughs) then it will derail my story. Um, no, it doesn't. Why wouldn't you? They're stunning and super cool. Like, I mean, that's why they're my besties, right? I get it. I kind of want to have an extra marital affair with them too. They are kind of my life partners, to be honest. I'm having an extra marital affair with my husband on them is more how it works. Uh, Hmm. So we have decided, I don't know, maybe we talked, maybe we told you, ah, no, it hadn't really formed yet, but two of us for a while have thought that we would would make really good private eyes, private dicks. Mm. And we found out that the third also has this dream. So we've been talking about starting a private detective agency. And I thought of this because your mustache is really... Your mustache is really, um, is it what's overgrowing? Is that what it's called? It's really taken over. <laughs> it's taken over. It You leave with your mustache now. Your mustache enters the room before you do. I'm more mustache than man at this point. I don't know if that's possible because you because the mustache is so man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love hearing that. So, ew. <laughs> so we were talking about how uh, one of them was like, you know, we have to wear I think we should wear fake mustaches whenever we're on the job. And I was like, we have to wear fake mustaches if we want people to take it seriously, right? Like, obviously. That's obviously, yeah. Yeah. So then we decided that we should ride motorcycles as a part of our private eye agency. But, but. So you guys are focused on branding out of the gate. You guys went to branding rather yes. than, say, sleuthing techniques or. No, no, it's 2023. Plus, I would never reveal our techniques on a podcast that's popular. So we decided we're going to ride motorcycles, but the obviously only in our off time, like when we hang out, you know, because we can't, they're too loud for the job. Um, and I suggested that we call ourselves the mustache riders. <laughs> and it was pointed out to me <laughs> that maybe that was not a great name or that it was the best name. So moral of the story is we, if you need some sleuthing done and you live in the Nashville, greater metro Nashville area, um, you just call the mustache riders. So I just, and and I've been accused of being a bummer in the past, but I, I just want to go through a little bit no. of this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't believe you. So I suspect that my wife is cheating on me mm-hmm. and I'm going to hire a private investigator to follow her and document it, the affair, if it's taking place. I mean, again, I'm not going to reveal our techniques, but sure, for, Absolutely. for the intensive purposes of this conversation, let's say that. you yeah, sure. So she, my wife, starts getting followed by three women wearing mustaches 
and riding <laughs> motorcycles. I mean, when you put it like that, no, 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 we don't ride motorcycles on the job, only off. Like we'll ride them to and from the office, which is a secret location, obviously. But we can't ride them on the job. On the job, we'll have to have probably an electric car. I get it. It's very I quiet. Get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So you're saying you're going to be, that's just for the cold open and the tag and the credit sequence is the motorcycles. A hundred percent with our hair, like flowing, no helmets, because this is Tennessee. You know what I mean? We don't have, we don't have laws here. So yeah, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Except there won't be three of us. It'll just be one of us probably tailing, you know, in a hybrid or an electric car. The point is this, we're going to solve a lot of mysteries and I demand that you respect our, our brand. I respect it. For the for if for no other reason than the aforementioned attraction that I have to your friends. Whoop. Okay. So, okay. Wow. Are you gonna pick it up? I'll, I'll, get, okay, it. Okay. I'll get it. I'll get okay. it. I'll get it. I'm in no. HQ over here. I'll no, answer I'll it. it. Okay. Hey, uh, Levi from Portland, Oregon. Uh, just had a couple questions. Uh, I'm not following it super closely, but from what I've read, it's hard to tell exactly what the strike. Uh, is all about. Um, so I'm really hoping that you can just talk about um, what um, what actors are hoping to uh, accomplish um, and uh, get out of this. Uh, just appreciate your thoughts on that, uh, and I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> only option. It's the only option. That's what you're getting. You're getting an off-air answer, guy. If you're still on the speak pipe voicemail, you are not <laughs> hearing our voices right now. I mean, we don't have a time limit. So <laughs> you could just stay on it for the rest of your life if you wanted. Yeah. Just saying. He's I just... was struck down in that vote. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a, I mean, the strike. Levi. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, let's do Thank it. Thank you for the, I mean, for the question. Thank you, Levi. So what is the strike all about? Um, and then we have a we have a follow-up question that I got um, that I don't have a recording of, but we'll get to that in a second. Stay tuned. We'll teaser. So uh, Laura and I kind of scrapped out an outline for this because we want to make sure we cover all the stuff. But our intention here is just to do a very sort of broad description of the labor dispute in our gig. Um, for those of you who don't know. So to begin, SAG-AFTRA is the union that represents almost every person in front of the camera in almost every TV show or movie. Laura and I are both SAG-AFTRA members. Laura, I got my card. I just passed 19 years of SAG membership. My first SAG gig was uh, on the OC in the summer of 2004. When did you get your SAG-AFTRA card? I, too, just passed 19 years of membership. Oh! I know. I did not know this about us. Me neither. We both became SAG members the same year, in 2004. I think mine was in May, so senior member. Yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> it was not for the OC. It mm. was for a little movie called... Oh God, I was cut out of it. <laughs> it was Lee Daniels's first movie. Lee Daniels. It was Lee Daniels' first movie um, that he was directing. It was called Shadow Boxer, starring Helen Mirren and Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and I, I, uh, 
I think I had ha- I had a couple waivers, which we don't need to get into, but there's a few ways to get in the union. Anyway, that was the job I, I became somebody that I had to join. So I joined in 2004. Yeah, 19 years. Next year will be 20 years, Michael. That is crazy that we've been union members that long. I feel like I'm not old enough, but I am. Yeah, I feel like I'm not old enough, but I am also proud that I've been at it for this long. Me too. Let's get into this. Yeah, let's get into this um, outline. It's going to sound like we're reading, but we're not. Just kidding. Okay. No, we are. And also, Michael was very kind, but he mostly wrote this entire thing. He said, we. Thank you for doing that. SAG-AFTRA is currently on strike because the contract that sets the minimum wages and working conditions on most TV and streaming shows and films expired on June 30th. Prior to June 30th, the union negotiated with the companies that make TV and film for over five weeks, and they were still far apart on key issues. SAG-AFTRA went on strike July 14th, and the companies, not the union, ceased negotiations. As of this recording, which is August 22nd, 2023, the companies have yet to resume negotiations. Prior to the start of SAG-AFTRA's contract negotiations, the Writers Guild of America, or the WGA, which is the union for TV and film screenwriters, negotiated and failed to reach an agreement on their comparable contract. Some of the things they are seeking are thematically similar to what the actors want, and some of the things are more writer-specific. The writers have been on strike since May 2nd, over 110 days, and this is the first time since 1960 that the actors and writers have been on strike at the same time. Yeah, it's a really big deal. Historic, even. The TV and film contract covers all aspects of an actor's work, from pay minimums to length of the workday to overtime rates. It also includes pay schedules for how much and how often actors get paid for reuse of their work health and pension contributions, and even covers dancers, singers, and stunt performers and coordinators. It's a massive set of protections for performers of many kinds. These minimums, protections, and payments are the backbone of professional acting as a viable career. So what is the disagreement? These are the basic points of tension in the negotiation. Number one, wage increases. Actors' minimum wages have not kept up with the pace of inflation. This isn't about if The Rock is making enough money per movie, although I would contend that he is not making enough money per movie. But this is about basically every non-movie star who works at or around union scales pay rate. The union, SAG-AFTRA, is seeking more meaningful increases to minimums in order to protect acting as a middle-class job. Yeah. Uh, The second thing is residuals. When an episode of a TV show airs, the actors in that episode get a small fee called a residual. When an airline pays a studio to offer their movie on a flight, the actors in that movie get a residual check. Anytime a TV show or film is replayed anywhere in the world, actors get a tiny participation in the reuse of their work. Streaming, things like Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV+, and all the other pluses and maxes do not have an equitable residual structure, and they are now the dominant delivery system for entertainment. SAG-AFTRA is seeking meaningful residuals for streaming reuse, just like we've always had in TV network. Yep. Number three, this TV film agreement 
has a lot of dated elements that just no longer reflect how films and shows are made. Here's an example. Shows used to shoot a 13 to 22 episode season over seven to 10 months of a calendar year. The studios wanted to make sure that their main cast of their show would be available to shoot the next season of the show right after the completion of the prior season. So the contract has language about exclusivity, what actors on a show can work on when they're not working on that show. But nowadays, TV seasons are five to 10 episodes long. In recent years, actors have been kept from taking other work for up to 10 months while they wait to even hear if their show will get a second season. The union is seeking changes that reflect this current production model. So the fourth thing is the casting process. It's unrecognizable from what it used to be. It used to be that you would drive to a casting office and read a couple of scenes from this project in front of some portion of the creative team in charge of the project. Now you film the scenes in your home or a studio or in Michael's case, a garage using your own lighting and video equipment. Your loving friend or paid assistant reads the scene with you and then you send it off and hope someone watches it. You don't really know. (laughs) SAG-AFTRA is seeking changes to the contract that reflect the cost of this speculative work being shifted onto its members. We have to have lights. We have to have a camera. It has to be a decent one here. In my market, you have to have a nice camera. You can't use your phone. There's a lot of costs associated with it that we're now shouldering. And finally, generative AI is able to produce an acting performance from a computer with no participation from a human actor. This obviously presents an existential risk to the actors of every kind, as well as all human labor, really. SAG-AFTRA is seeking guidelines and protections so that performers can be consented and compensated if their likeness is used in the training or production of digital performances. So basically, we just want to get paid if you're using our faces or voices. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the sort of 40,000 foot view of what we're asking for. There are tons of specifics in there. There are also great resources out there if you want to know more. I personally really like the Strike Talk podcast hosted by screenwriter Billy Ray. I would also suggest to actors, just read your contract if you don't currently. Many actors don't. And also, if you're a SAG-AFTRA member, we have some elections coming up and you can just get curious and be more informed and that would be a good place to start. I, I will say it really does matter. Voting really does matter, obviously. I mean, it seems obvious, but it isn't because a lot of SAG-AFTRA members don't vote. And and I think even when they do, I don't think they do a lot of research. So it really does matter who's in leadership. <laughs> and when something like this happens, it's a really big deal to have leaders who are going to, you know, do what the rest of us want and all that. So Laura, I don't, like I said, I don't have a recording for this, but our second question comes from my mom. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday I was catching up with my mom and she told me that she's been getting a lot of questions from her friends Mm -hmm. asking if I'm okay. (laughs) So that's nice. It's super nice. My mom just wanted to know how hot it was here today. (laughs) Oh, well, that's important too. Actually, the Heat in your city has way more to do with your survival chances than a labor dispute. So maybe your mom cares more. Also, I think it's funny that my mom was like, my friends are worried about you. She wasn't like, I'm worried about you. That's because she believes in you and she knows that you'll land on your feet no matter what. Well, let's just spend a couple of minutes putting her friends at ease. Um, (laughs) Laura, as it relates to the SAG after strike... How are you? Are you okay? What would you say to... uh... Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, 
I know that this is the I know that this is the right thing and I am so supportive. I'm so supportive. I'm so behind this strike. And for me, I <laughs> last year was I had a lot of breaks at the end of the year in the fourth quarter and it mm. kind of and I got a new agent which felt like uh you know sort of leveling up situation in some ways and it just all was going a certain direction. And I, going into 2023, I figured, you know what? I think this is going to be the year that I get insurance through SAG. I've never had health insurance um, through our union because I've, I've never made the threshold that you have to make. And it's not that much, but I just have always come in right under it. And, or if I'm lucky, I come in right under it. Some years I make nothing. So, you know, I mean, personally, it just... It's a bummer. I've I haven't had an audition in a long, you know, in several months and the ones that I was getting were really good. And so I'm sad. I feel sad. I miss acting. I miss auditioning so much. But at the same time, you know, yeah, I have sad feelings about it and I'd like to get back to work and I'd like to have insurance for my whole family at some point in our life that doesn't cost 9 million dollars through the marketplace. But, you know, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. Stranger things have happened. Uh, yeah, so I'm sad. And I'm also excited because I know that when this all comes, when they do come to some sort of agreement, it's going to be um, better serving actors. And I think it's, it's, it's high time for some of the things they're asking for. It's high time to demand it, frankly. Um, we've been, in my opinion, a little too lax for a long time. So, yeah. That's how I'm doing. I'm sad, but I, I'm excited because I know that this is a great thing. What about you? Yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. I mean, I the strike has allowed me more space to um, look at our union and look at my contracts and look at our leadership and uh, think about the history of unions in our business. I've had two sort of dominant thoughts since the beginning of the WGA strike, like all summer. The first is that I'm sad that, you know, our, our business is a heavily unionized business. It's not just actors and writers. It's also directors and assistant directors mm. and basically everybody on a, on a film set. And um, all those people are out of work because we're all twiddling our thumbs waiting for a couple of deals to get done. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a bummer to me. I also have some anger about that because I mm -hmm. feel like I haven't seen, I haven't been convinced of any narrative other than the one that our unions are telling us, which is that the companies cease negotiations when we go on strike. And I, I have yet to sort of, ha no one has explained to me something taking place other than that. So if I just take everybody at their word, we are not working because the companies are not trying to hammer out a deal. And I'm trying to figure out what, just strategically, I find it interesting to try and figure out why the companies are making that choice. They knew what we were going to ask for months in advance of our mm -hmm. negotiations. They knew what the writers were going to ask for months in advance of our negotiations. And I'm kind of morbidly curious what they think they're getting out of this. And I'm not going to speculate about that because it, it's not going to age well and I'm not smart enough to do that. But I, I am just at, like as a guy who works a skilled labor job and who has a dog in the fight, I don't get their side of it. I just don't get it um, because we're this thing is going to end in the same way it would have ended. 120 days ago if we had just made a deal. And I'm not even saying give us everything we want. I would like that. But I'm literally just saying get to the point where we all agree enough to go back to work and don't have a strike. Mm -hmm. That's my position. Secondly, the thing, 
I have worked a lot under this agreement. Almost my entire career has been jobs under this very agreement. This agreement is separate from the commercial agreement. This agreement is separate from a TV animation agreement. I have worked almost exclusively under this agreement. I have seen this agreement get gutted in certain ways by the companies. And at the same time, there are a ton of people working at these companies who are my friends, who I've made TV with, who I maintain uh, relationships with. So I know that they're not like all bad people who like live in some weird part of LA that like I don't have any access to. I know who some of these people are. And it makes me sad that... I'm not hearing more about how valuable our work is from the people that we're partnering with to make the stuff. Mm. And that's just a personal feeling about it. That the sort Mm. of like, the only thing that I'm hearing from the other side is what Zazalov said, the writer's strike will end quickly because people love to work. Writers love to work, which seems, you know, a little um, off key at this point. Um, you know, Iger said that we were being irresponsible or something like that. There's this sort of vibe around the thing, which is that we don't sort of provide any value. And that just bums me out because I love this job. I'm going to do it even though they said that when the deal is made. But I would just more prefer to be in a relationship with, with where the other party is like, you have value and we have to figure out something that works for all of us. And it doesn't cost them anything to talk that way from my perspective. So those are the two things that are just kind of bumming me out and that I've been thinking about and that I am also curious and engaged about as well. But I'm OK. You know, <laughs> I know how to like save my money and pay my bills when I don't have any work like that mm-hmm. comes very naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am uh, going to continue to do that regardless of whether or not we make a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's true for a lot of actors because we've had to. <laughs> I mean, most of us aren't the rock, you know? So, but it's the, I feel in a lot of ways, I feel bad for the, I feel worse for writers, <laughs> to be honest, in a lot of ways. I just know writers that are really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it makes, I just feel really sad. Yeah. And when you said it doesn't cost them anything to talk like that, I thought it only costs them perceived power or something, you know, like Mm -hmm. people think it shows a sign of weakness to appreciate the other side or something. And Mm -hmm. um, that bums me out, too. But that if I went on, if I started to talk about that, it would be a whole, you know, dissertation on capitalism and its pros and cons. So and there's not a lot of pros for me at this point (laughs) today. yeah. So that's, it's a, it's so nice that your mom's friends asked that really, truly. I know I said that before, but it's nice that people care. And I've been getting a lot of questions like that too, from people that aren't in the industry. I hang out with mostly, mostly with people that are not in our industry in mm-hmm. Nashville and um, they're in the music industry, which is adjacent, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And frankly, a lot of the musicians that I've talked to have been like, man, I wish that we had sh- strikes before, you know, Spotify, (laughs) because they don't get paid for that. They don't get paid for that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're all listening to it and paying to listen to it. And they don't, they don't see money. So, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I, it's it's sad to say it, but like, I don't, I don't want that for us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in closing for my mom, for my mom's friends, not for my mom, because my mom didn't ask, but for her friends, (laughs) uh, yeah, we're okay. We are kind of bummed out and uncomfortable and definitely making choices about how we support our families. 
Um, but I am also curious and engaged and I'm encouraged by the more experienced members of our union who share that we are right and that our work is valuable. And we have to figure these issues out now, both for our immediate future and so that there is a TV and film business to go to work in for future generations of creative people. And lots and lots and lots and lots of people that aren't even you know, necessarily on the creative side. Just so many people employed by this stuff. Well, um, I think I think this is what we set out to do. Uh, I really appreciate you calling in, Levi, and um, the question. I know it's a question a lot of people have, and I'm I'm grateful that we get to talk about it early on. And just acknowledge what's happening, and also, Michael, when do you think it's going to end? I don't know. I can't imagine the AMPTP just being fine with not having an episodic season, just financially. I completely agree. Like I like I said before, I don't know what the calculation is that they're making, but it is a calculation. And and that's why I keep saying I don't know. I'm I'm going to say this and and at risk and risk it not aging well. Um it it seems like the calculation is not it it seems like it's how dare they and we're going to show them. That's what it feels like to me. Like we're going to yeah. make them hurt because they're hurting us and we're so we're going to make them hurt far worse than they could ever hurt us. So you think like a year? I don't, oh God, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think it'll be over before the end of the year, if not much sooner. But they've come back to the table with the WGA, so I'm hopeful that that'll get sorted soon and then that we'll be next on the docket. I mean, that's, I'm hoping. Yeah, me too. Well, more will be revealed. More will be revealed. And I hope everybody's doing all right. I hope everybody's yeah, doing all right hang in there, everybody. There. Thanks for the question, Levi. If you want to ask a question, of this podcast, The Actors Helpline. You can find us at theactorshelpline.com. There's a microphone there. You don't have to sign up for anything. Just click it and start recording your message or your um, hate speech. Have I said <laughs> I always think of the same jokes. Um, but I laugh gonna... every time. I, don't, I know. I that's why. You. That's why you and I are buddies. You can also find us on Instagram. Please follow us. Please subscribe to us and review us in whatever podcast platform you are using right now yes. to listen to us. Please. That helps so much. We would really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. See you next week, friends.